find that very, and I totally, and like I 1000% like understand or feel that. And like, I, I mean, I wish, especially like in the people of like in people of color, I wish therapy and all that stuff wasn't looked at as such a taboo thing. Like me, I got told Ambrose, I didn't even know what a therapist was or what the, like, I didn't even understand that concept until I got to college, mm -hmm. you know, and I'm talking to other college kids my age and I'm like, hey bro, like, we're gonna go to the bar on Wednesday. They're like, oh, you know, man, I gotta go see my therapist. I'm like, bro, you're not crazy. Like, we hang out all the time. You're fine. And mm -hmm. it's like, you know what I mean? And it's just like, nah, man, I gotta, I gotta go. And it's just like, it did, pro you know what I mean? It didn't process to me. And then I remember I got to a point in my life where, you know, football, because like, I played football, which you, I don't know if you probably didn't know that. I played football. That's a very, and what people don't understand about football is that's a very controlled environment, mm -hmm. right? People see football players living life and doing things, but they don't understand that you actually really do live in a box because your whole life is already pretty much pre-planned in the sense of you have a schedule, you have expectations, you meet those expectations, you go to the next level. It's a very controlled box style of living. Once I got football was over, I was trying to apply a lot of coping and mentalities and childhood belief systems to trying to succeed in the big world. Right. And I wasn't succeeding. I wasn't being successful. I was losing. I was going through life. And I'm like, it's worked for so long. It can't be me. It can't be me. This is what my father taught me. This is what my religion taught me. This is what football taught me. It's like... So I understand, like, a lot of times, especially with, like, especially with something as tough as being transgender, like, it's, that is such, even beyond the physical, that is such a hard mental barrier to overcome because you have all these expectations and mentalities and coping and belief systems that, that in some aspects of life only apply to you because of the gender that you are. Right. And it's like for you to leave those behind and try to accept new ways of doing things, you know, I can feel that need or that pressure to think that like, I want to deal and cope with these things this way, but I only feel comfortable doing that as a female right. and I'm a male or I'm a, a, you know what I mean? Or the other way around, you know what I mean? I mean, luckily for me, you know, I found ways to deal with things, um, for me to get over those humps that didn't require me to change my gender. I never, that was never a thought process for me. Me accepting my sexuality was a super, like, I mean, when you talk about coping mechanisms and then having to be like going from the epitome of male masculinity, male masculinity, heterosexuality, football player, rapper and all that stuff. And then having to completely just throw all that out to redefine everything, build new coping, new coping, new uh, belief systems, all that. Like, I feel for the transgender community in a lot of ways that, you know, based on our previous conversation, they may be like, oh, he just doesn't get it. No, I do get it. Right. I, 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 I've, I understand it, but I know that, like, like, I understand how hard it is to have to give up so much of your identity because the way you want to process things has been told to you that you can't do it that way because of your gender or your sexuality or your career field or whatever the case may be. You know what I mean? And I just want people to maybe just take a step back and say, like, take a little second to look in the mirror and just make sure that it's not about like mm -hmm. your inside, like your emotions and your heart, your, 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 even your spiritual, make sure it's not that 
before you take such a big man. Cause that's scary, man. That is so scary to think. I mean, because there is a rumor. Gender. That's so scary. There is a you rumor I mean? right now that, but allegedly, Bruce Jenner wants to, or Caitlyn Jenner wants to be Bruce Jenner again. You know, and who knows? Right. You know, like, well, and that's the thing. It's like you know who I look at it as. Unless I'm sitting with you in a therapy office. I'm never going to know what the real truth, your truth is. Never going to know. And so it's looking at this and saying, wait a minute. When I'm trying to understand somebody, I want to understand you as a person. I could care less who you're sleeping with. I could care less what gender you are. I want to know about you. I want to know the true you. What is that? If you don't know the true you, let's figure it out. Right. You know, and I, I remember I was 14 when I first saw a therapist and she said to me, if you want your self-esteem, right. walk into a room like you own it every time. And I didn't get it for a while. Right. And then I started doing it. And I felt so powerful. You felt the change. I felt the change. But it wasn't until I did what they call mirror work, which mm-hmm. is actually sitting in the mirror and telling myself I love myself. Right, right, that right. I am a good person. That That's I do a real have thing? good Yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. To, to sit there and just be like, I am a good person. Yeah. Like, every single one of my clients, I'm like, Let's, where's your self-esteem at? Right, right, right. Like, because that, at some point, needs to be worked on. I, that's just, like, I mean, for me, that just feels like I'm just so happy that you, I'm happy that you're involved and you really, really take the time to, like, address the person, like, the human being before just jumping into you need to transition or we need to figure out how to fix this. It's more like, no, like let's really make sure that we're addressing like what's really causing this pain. What's causing right. this discomfort. Let's not just jump into, you want to be transgender. Okay, let's do it. Like you're really taking the time to, to, to get this person to acknowledge all the different layers of why they feel that way. Not just, well, and I'm, and I'm not even, but I'm not putting it as, okay, let's find out why you're transgender. No, 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 I'm no, putting no. it as, What's who, going right, on? Who, who are you, you? Who are you as a person? Anybody, when you come into an office and you have anxiety right. about, I'm going to be judged. My job is not to judge anybody. Right. My job is not to say you're in the wrong, you're in the right. I don't usually use the words, I call it productive parenting. I don't call it bad parenting or good parenting. Okay, I call yeah, it productive yeah. parenting. Like there's certain terms that I use because I don't want anybody to ever feel judged. And you want to feel like you're giving out a bias. Right. And if you come into my office and you're like, I don't know who I am, let's figure it out. Right. Like, you know, when I have somebody that is court mandated, I love my court mandated people. Oh my God. They're my fun people. (laughs) I have to be in therapy. No, you technically don't. You could say no. We could sit here and just stare at each other for the next 50 minutes. Yeah. I got no problem with that. Your probation officer might. Right. But I don't have a problem with that. So what is it I get that, paid either way. Right. <laughs> so it's it's looking at, okay, well, while you're here, let's work on something. Okay, right. you don't have an alcohol problem. You have three DWIs. Okay, no big deal. So you don't have enough problem with alcohol, but alcohol has a problem with you. Right. Because clearly things are not going right. Right. You know, okay, so you've been using drugs. Okay, what? when did you start using? Tell me the age you were at. What right. was going on in your life at that age? Because there's... Usually, nine times out of ten, there's some trauma there. There's some trauma. And that is my way to cope. There's, some, you know, there's different things. I mean, the, every single person, we have these innate coping skills, survival mm. skills, yeah. our fight or flight, fight, flight, or freeze. Yeah. And so when you're a kid, whatever those skills are, you're going to use them. 
And if they weren't, you're going to continue to use them. So guess what that's doing? Like the alphabet, repeat, 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 Mm -hmm. and that becomes your go-to. Then that's like whenever I was saying earlier, it's like how is it that you can show somebody that what they're doing is bad for them or show them new facts and they don't want to give it up? It's like, well, but this is what I've always done and Mm -hmm. it's always worked. It's like, so why change now? If it worked for you, I mean, Ambrose, when you were were working on you, what was some of the things that you saw that— you were like, oh my God, I, 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 I'm changing this. This is changing in me. Um, I think it was my anger. Um, I had a lot of anger for a lot of small reasons that were out of my control. So I just, I started to recognize those. I started to recognize what was triggering me, what was making me angry, and how can I change that? And it was mostly... Um, conversations with people around me. I was scared to have those conversations mm-hmm. with them because I come off as, you know, I, I try to be as blunt as possible. And sometimes I say things in a way that hurts people's feelings, but I feel like they have to hear it in that way so that they can understand how much it's hurting me. Right. And I learn now that that's not the best approach for me because when I come at somebody like that, it's going to make them shut down and not want to talk to me. Mm -hmm. So instead, I try to listen and say it in a different way so that I'm not triggered, they're not triggered, and we actually get a clear path of communication. And that was another thing that I realized. I have to set boundaries with people and tell them this is what I expect mm-hmm. and this is what I can I can put up with and this is what I can't put up with because it needs to protect me. At some point, I need to protect my happiness. And if you're not going to contribute to that in any way, I need to right. limit myself with you. Not to say that that's what everybody's doing around me but that's what it brought out of me those those coping tools helped me realize I was doing something wrong but before I even went to therapy I thought they were the ones in the wrong because I'm like I'm trying to tell you how I feel and you're looking at me like I'm crazy or that I'm a mean ugly person but it's it's just that I maybe I'm projecting my hurt onto you in in the way that I'm presenting it to you. That's the thing. It's like, you know, I say so many times, a boundary is like mowing the lawn. You have to keep mowing it. Like, you have to keep those boundaries up because people that are unhealthy in our lives, like, just walk all over it. Yeah, that's a boundary. Knock it over. I'm going to still do it anyways. So it's like a lawn. You have to keep mowing that boundary. You have to keep at that boundary until they finally get it. That, okay, if I cross this boundary, he's not going to talk to me. If I do this, this isn't going to happen. But that's, again, repeat, repeat, repeat until it becomes the normal. Right. And it's like, you know, we're a society of instant gratification. We're a society of enmeshed relationships, enmeshed families. I mean, I I love the Latino community. Believe me. Everybody y'all cousin. (laughs) She can't say that. I can't. So, no, my thing with it is, is that... A lot of people are like, oh, no, my mom knows everything. I tell my mom, whoa, 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 your mom don't need to be known your sex life. Your mom doesn't need to know this. You don't need your mom's, you're, how old? You don't need your mom's permission for this, this, or this. Mm-hmm. Whoa. But I also didn't know the culture. So I was doing that. You need to do this. You need to do that. All I right. had to stop and back myself up because I wasn't culturally competent to know in the Latina community, oh, no, girl. <laughs> oh, that, is that, that like a thing? Family, 
Because I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. So, like, women are very open with their mothers and, like, with Well, the family their, is very... Uh, or just family in, in general. I think family in general wants to be in the know of yeah, every, every single, single little thing, thing that oh goes God. on. And if they don't know, they don't come directly to you. They'll go to another family member and ask them, like, what's going on with him? Like, It was just, it was very interesting because mm-hmm. I had to learn a lot because I didn't know. Yeah. It's completely the opposite in the black community. You don't tell your parents nothing. Right. Well, I, I no. <laughs> no, no, no. No, be dead serious. Like you, like, like you don't like. It, it, I, it, I love, terrible, but I have to say, can I say, in the African American community, I love the moms that will come out and beat your ass. Oh yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that's not right to say. Yeah, I mean, but no, like, I get where you're coming from. When though. you see it, when you like, there was a news. I can't even remember how long ago now it was, but the, the was, one of, was one on, the, He was out protesting, yeah, and, then and the, the mom, mom came out and was like. Was basically whooping him on, on national uh, television yeah. that, was in like, front of the cops, and they were like, "Well, hell, she did a right. job for us. We'll go over here." <laughs> I did not see. Because I was like, "Oh my gosh, you're holding your kid accountable." Yeah, you're holding. I mean, it might not be the most appropriate way to do it, right. but you're holding your kid accountable. You're trying. Yeah. And I was just like, all right. I was proud of that mom. And I know that sounds, I mean, I'm probably going to get hate for this, but I was proud of her because I'm like, he, he, for what he was saying and the things he was doing were very inappropriate. So to have them, actually the mom, hold him accountable and be like, what is your dumb ass doing right You're now? You're not going to be here doing this. Right. So I was so proud of that mom because I think in the culture today, we are so scared of CPS coming in. We're so scared of any little thing happening that kids don't know. You can get a spanked and you won't go to jail. Fam, I got beat three times in one day one time. (laughs) This might be abuse, but (laughs) I'm going to tell you something. I got beat three times in one day. Uh, and this was back when capital punishment was still, well, <laughs> I think it might have been illegal everywhere in the world, <laughs> but at this punishment. school. So my dad checked me out of school twice because it's military base. The military base was right by, was the, you had like the civilian base and then you had like the actual military base where everybody worked. So he could basically just be right at the school in two, five minutes. Whatever. The teacher didn't know this like all year. When she found this out, she was like, oh, your dad's right down the street. I think she found out at the parent-teacher conference. And uh, so she was like, if you, she's like, you know what? If you do something, I'm just going to call your dad. And I was just like, I can't call my dad, whatever. So I got in trouble. My dad showed up. And she, she didn't even tell me she called my dad. She called my dad because I was talking in class. He came, checked me out of school, beat me. Brought me back to school. He's like, if she calls me again, I'll be right back down here. I stay. I live right down the street. I was like, damn. Okay, bet. <laughs> Go to recess. I get into a little argument with a kid at the recess. Come back. She calls my dad. Checks me out. Gets spanked. I'm like, God dang. Like, what is going on? Come back to school. And then he's like, if he acts up again, I'm signing the paperwork to where they could, like, you know, just make your kid in class. So then... Got in trouble again, right before yeah, they school, don't do any of that me stuff anymore. I was like, I, I couldn't sit for like two days. Oh, my butt was hurting so bad. So I do know that CPS, I work closely with CPS. And I work I used to work closely with the court systems right. for drug court. Because you can't you can't you can't spank your kids anymore, right? You can. It is legal to spank your kid. You're not allowed um, to leave a mark. If there well, is a red mark. If there is a red mark on them, if there is a red mark, I know me too. Well, black kids are screwed. You said red mark? (laughs) 
Do you know how much beating that is going to be to leave a red mark on a black skin? A well, uh, 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 I guess like they're saying you have to break the skin. Like a welt, a welt. or something uh, like a bruise or something. Okay, something okay. that's going to... That, that shows excessive force. Right. Okay, okay. That's when it's not acceptable. But kid, mm-hmm. most kids don't understand that. So I'll, I'll just call CPS on you. Okay, please do. Call them. And that's why I tell people, Mike, if you, have, if you feel like you have not done anything wrong and you want to punish your kids, I took my iPhone, I took his iPhone away and he called CPS on me. Good. Let him, let him keep crying wolf. You took my my iPod, you took my phone, you took this, you took my PlayStation. Right. Okay. Let them call. Let them call. Because if CPS comes in your life and sees that, they're going to have conversations. He's going to have to go to counseling. Like, there's going to have to there's oh, gonna be steps. So there's adverse effects to what right. they think is going to happen. Right. And so I'm always telling parents, please, let CPS come in your life. Right. You're not doing anything You're protected. wrong. You're, prote- You're still You're right. protected on, on right. a certain level. Now, I can't say CPS is the greatest thing in the world. I okay, can't say okay. it's not. It is. I'm just saying there are some instances where it's like CPS has helped out families. Right. Because the kiddos have actually gone to therapy and got the help they the needed. The help they needed. And... You know, and it could have been they got were getting bullied at school. Right, right, well, right. when you get bullied at school, there's the no tolerance policy. So if you try to lash back at a bully, guess what? You're in trouble and you're out. So right. most kids come home and take out all that anger frustration. at home because you can't take it out in school because right. you'll get in trouble. So they go home and do it. So there's Dang. so many. I mean, there's so many different things with it, and that's why it's like mental health is like this wide. Variety Absolutely. of different things. Like you can't just pinpoint it to one thing. It leads to another. It leads to another. Absolutely. We got a lot of good information. Uh, I want to say we got a ton of good information. You know, thank you very much for being a part of this because I know it's helped. It's helped me, and that's you know you have helped me personally, and that's the reason why I wanted to bring you on the show. Most importantly, how do you deal with? You know, you are the therapist, right? You hear everyone's problems every single day. Um, you try to help out as best as you can. And at the end of the day, some people you you help. Some people maybe don't get the help they need because they're just not responding. But at the end of the day, how do you deal with all the information and all of the trauma that people bring to you? What do you do to get out of that headspace? So working from home, it kind of stinks. Um, because I don't have that drive to transition. So I used to, because I lived in Rockwall, drove from Dallas, so on 30, it took you oh, forever. forever. So I would, I would crank my tunes, scream at the top of my lungs, dance, do what I had to do so that when I got home, I left it all there. Sometimes it's hard because it's, it's not one of those things that you can just easily let go of sometimes. So most therapists have what they call supervision. So you have a supervisor that you talk to about your clients. If you're struggling with a client, oh, if you're having say. a hard client, oh, wow, nice. or if something's going on. Now, I thought you were talking about like a superpower or something. Yeah, like yeah. Well, I mean. <laughs> so, um, and they'll talk about self-care. There's sub-agencies out there that are just like work, work, work. The agency I currently work for, they're all about <clears throat> self-care. What are you doing to take care of yourself? I see a lot of people a lot more than most therapists because I'm all about the money. Uh, I mean, but, you check. True. but you know, my thing is, is that at the, I have, I work four days a week. So I have three days off so that I can go travel around. I like going doing silly things. Um, I like 
just traveling and not knowing anybody mm-hmm. and hearing people's stories and because it's not mental health stories. It's right, stories right. about, you know, oh, my grandfather used to crop over here and this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's yeah. cool because I get to learn that stuff. Um, I was using the gym as a way to get, and then when the gym was no longer there, my excuse was the gym wasn't there. So I stopped working out. You know, I, I would, I started turning to food because comfort, comfort food, mac and cheese, right? Quarantine. Oh my God. Mm. Mine was hamburgers. I'm like, give me bacon. No, it was Popeye's chicken. (laughs) We know. We know. And breakfast sandwiches. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, it's a matter of self care. Like, what is it that you do? I personally see my own therapist. I think every therapist should see a therapist. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would not want to be a therapist to therapist because I'm always like, mm-hmm, I know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> so I know. And the good thing is, is that she calls me out of my shit. She will say, you're not, you're, you're not being truthful right now. Or she'll be like, you know what, Amy, that is not what you're portraying here. Like right. what's going on? Something's different. Or if I'm like, Dad, is that hard? Great. Oh my God! I like could... just because like you know, it's like you know how to dodge, right? So the I technique. That's why. So you, it's harder for them to get to the root. Yes. Am I saying that? Yeah. Like you're yeah. dodging the technique, so it's hard for them to get to the root to help you fix it because you know it's coming. Right. Hmm. So I have to have somebody that specifically calls me out on my BS. I need you to call me out. I need you to say you're dodging this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not dealing with us right now. Like, it's just like when I work out, if I have a trainer, you have to tell, you yell at me. I'm going to yell back. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to yell back and there's going to be a bunch of cursing, but I'm going to get what I need out of that. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing with a therapist for me. I need that. I think the, my best friend's a therapist. Um, The people that I worked with that are still close to me are mostly therapists. And so I need to be called out on my BS Mm. because otherwise I'm not going to deal with it because I'm so busy dealing with everybody else's stuff. But I also have a problem with if I go out to dinner, I'm one that likes to sit at the bar because you get served quicker. Sorry, but it happens. So I like to go sit at the bar. Well, then I end up knowing the bartenders. I end up knowing this person, that person. And then people will just tell me their problems. They don't even know I'm a therapist, and they'll tell me that people in line at Walmart will tell me their problems. <laughs> I so, get that all the time, I and I don't know, like, I feel like I got resting bitch face. So why are you telling me your whole life story all because I said hi to you People tell me things Walmart. all the time that I just do not want to hear. And I... I out of courtesy, I listen, right. but it's just like, oh my God, what do I do with this information? Right. Well, and you know like, what? Sometimes I'm like, well, I'll say to them, have you thought about going to see a therapist? <laughs> Give me but, your card because I can see some new clients. <laughs> Trust me. So, I mean, it is hard because that self-care piece, and I'm a big advocate on self-care. What in a, And I've asked, I think I've asked you before, what are you doing for yourself? Yeah. Never. What are you doing for you? Mm-hmm. Because in today's society, we're so instant gratification that things aren't going to happen as quickly as we want. I love my clients that are like, I ain't getting better as quick as I want to. Well, yeah. <laughs> How many? <laughs> I'm not calling anybody out. Right, right. right. This is not but, a fit tea diet, okay? It's going to take some work. Well, 
and that's the thing. It's like, you know, you have certain amount of time with people. I only see you 50 minutes in a week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The rest of the time, it's up to you. What are you going to do for yourself? And people don't realize self-care does not mean, because I was even confused with self-care. I think I told you, I don't know, I go get pedicures and a <laughs> massage and this and that. That's not the that's, self-care. No. That's It's waking up every day and giving yourself affirmations of, Good thoughts, you know, pleasant thoughts, um, how you want to approach your day, how you want to feel throughout your day. And and even, you know, sometimes I wake up and I'm in a bad mood Mm -hmm. because something will set me off and I get mad at myself because I don't want to have my day go that way. So I need to really sit down and and the self-care is sitting there and thinking about what is bothering me? Why is it bothering me? And how can I fix it so I can have a better day? That's the self-care. Right. And And it's looking at it and saying... I've even done gratitude lists at night. What are the 10 things throughout my day that I was grateful for? If I had an argument with my boyfriend, what did I learn from that argument that I can be grateful for? Because I don't know. I didn't know Mm. something I was going to say was going to set him off. I had no idea that was going to upset him or your friends or whatever. What, you know, I'm grateful for those arguments because guess what? They got me to understand something different that I didn't know. So you think that so that's something that you I've I've heard that too like the whole like I think they say either it's like right when you go to bed right before you go to bed mm-hmm. and right when you wake up mm-hmm. you should do like a gratitude or a thankful like um, exercise you you advocate for that mm-hmm. you think okay I, well, I thought that was another you, like gimmick thing no it actually you, does help it, it because really does you, help. it makes yeah. you realize okay. like okay. the argument that I may have had with my husband isn't doesn't seem so big anymore because. You know, at the end of the day, I'm a blessed person. You know, I have this great, amazing life. And that small fight over why didn't you close the door to the microwave doesn't even matter. (laughs) Not that that's what it was. That's exactly what it was. That happened on Tuesday. (laughs) He texted me about it. Don't don't, don't front for the fans. But but this is the thing. It's like we don't take this time to do the little things. And that's what I tell people, what are you doing? I don't know how to meditate. I ain't going to meditate. I'm not asking you to meditate. Take two seconds. When you're in the middle of getting, like, if you wake up and you're anxious, write it down, rip it up, throw it away. It's getting it out of your head. There's something mm. therapeutic about writing things down. Mm. Not on text message, not on freaking computer. Oh, like actually on paper. On paper. Because you have to use other senses in order for to that to happen. Okay. Right. So if you think about it, like there's the five things you see, say them out loud, four things you can touch, touch them and say them out loud, three things that you can hear, listen for them, say them out loud, two things that you can touch, uh, two things that you can smell, which was horrifying to do during COVID because everybody's like, I can't smell I can't anything. Smell nothing. <laughs> I just got my taste and smell back. Right. <laughs> so, but like. And the reason to do that is because you're you're acknowledging it. That is a grounding tool that you can use when you're in that anxiety moment. Because if when you're anxious and you're going and you wake up, like if you wake up, you're in a bad space and you're going, you're going, your head's just going. Mm-hmm. Well, the five things you see, like literally I have quotes everywhere. The reason being because I read those quotes out loud. Those are my five are things, things you to see. see. Four things I can touch. I literally get up out of my room and go touch four different things, say them out loud. Three things I can hear. I'm listening for what is outside. Can I hear a bird? Can I hear, you know, it isn't the bad sounds of, I can hear the freaking train. I can hear this. I can hear the traffic. It is what are the good sounds I can hear. The two things I can smell, and it's so funny because it gets me to laugh at myself because I'll be like, 
well, it smells like my place. And then I'll go, I put deodorant on, yay. Yeah. You know what I mean? So <laughs> right. it's like you're giving yourself those moments. But it's part of the self-care because it's getting me out of my head, out of that train of thought, so you're not going and going and going. So there's so many different things that you can do for self-care, but if you don't take the time to do it, mm. and I love it because people are like, what? I go get pedicures, I go get myself a massage. I'm like, no, that's maintenance. That's maintenance. <laughs> that's the oil change. Right. Like, what are you mentally doing right. for yourself? And I tell people all the time, self-care is the self. That means you, you're going to feel selfish. Mm-hmm. You're going to, people are going to, oh, you're being all self, what are you, all self-absorbed? You're all about yourself. You're dang right I am because I haven't been in so long. I haven't taken care of me. Mm-hmm. So if I'm going to be taking care of myself and doing self-care, I'm going to have to be a little selfish. That's me time. Yeah. Because I need that. I need that to well, make sure I can function. Yeah. And I attribute it to, think about on an airplane. They tell you, put your mask on before you put on anybody else. Because if you aren't breathing correctly, you're going to be struggling along with them struggling. Mm-hmm. They're both going to die. Right. Same thing in real life. If you don't put your mask on and take care of you, how are you going to take care of anybody else in your life? How are you going to feel productive in your life if you're not taking care of you and you can't even breathe? I mean, good preach to him. And you know, preach. we can go on and on about this for. Oh my God, I could talk about this forever. We can talk about this forever, but uh, we want no, to. No, I got one more question before we go. I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm going to turn your mic off. Which one's you. yours again? <laughs> <laughs> but guys, uh, and you know, talking about this, I feel like. We need to make this a, a, a part of our show. We need to, you know, we hope that you can come back and maybe do this once a month with us, you know, even if you can call in sometimes if yeah. you're not available. And um, we want to continue to take your questions because there's so many other topics that we didn't even touch on. Oh, uh, we didn't get to touch on suicide, um, but we, we talked a little bit about it, but not a whole lot. But we can definitely talk about anything you guys are feeling and we want to know because if you're telling someone it just makes you feel better and sometimes like Mm -hmm. i said when you talk to a stranger about your problems it's so much easier to get it out i don't know why well because i'm not gonna i I don't know you i'm not emotionally i'm not emotionally you're not gonna immediately judge me i'm not gonna cry if you're like oh my god i hate this yeah i'm not gonna cry like you can yell at well i tell my clients you can yell about things, just not me. Right. But like, you know, you can to get it out. Get it I'm out. not gonna Don't get upset. I'm not gonna get mad at you. I'm yeah. not gonna judge you. I'm not gonna be like. Don't oh send my us God, an angry awful. question. No, I'm just kidding. Right. <laughs> you can well, send us whatever you like, even if you are angry. We'll we'll put the anger but I do in it for we you. On a, a, I do think we touched on like a lot of good topics, right? And a, and I think we really really set the foundation with you just from like your viewpoints, your. Right. Your your style, your kind of approach to a lot of things, which I think you know, if if we can have you on once a week, I'm sorry, <laughs> once a month. I was like, dang, month, am I moving in? <laughs> uh, right, right. Uh, you know, having you on once a month, I think is going to give a very very good foundation for a lot of our followers to, you know, even maybe even address some things going on in their life, but also like with everybody dealing with so much stuff with this transition because a lot of people aren't really just talking about it but like 2022 is like a transition year for a lot oh, of people oh yeah absolutely for for mental health and yeah. um i think that this could be a really good foundation to where people can bring their questions right and 
just we can have general discussions well, to and, kind of and, break stigmas. And I, I'm, that's I'm what a I really squirrel. Like I'm a squirrel. I go topic to topic, topic topic because oh, that's just so. If if <laughs> you know if you guys want to do like <laughs> once a month, you know, hey, let's talk suicide this month. Let's talk substance abuse this month. Let's talk, you know, personality yeah, that'll disorders. Be good. That way we can hone in right. on it. And then you know, but I, I don't want to just limit people because may, oh, maybe absolutely. they have a burning question. But yeah, that would be great. We but can, and I and I just have to preface that I'm not anybody's therapist that calls in. What I'm saying is just my perspective. It doesn't right. mean that you know it's mental health for them. Right. At this, you don't. We're need to not be a telling counselor. you how to fix your life. We're giving you advice. The right. best advice is, that she has. The, and my thing is, is I, I'll give you different perspectives. Right. I'm not saying it's the right one. I'm just saying it's a different one. Yeah. Because I don't want people to be like, well, my therapist on the podcast said, because... No, 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 no. she did, because she ain't your right. therapist. Right. You know, answering your guys' questions, we want you to know that, you know, she is not your licensed therapist. No. We're just getting a perspective for you, because some people don't have an outlet to go to therapy. Absolutely. or And yeah. it, it may not just, you know, that outlet is just not money. It's just not insurance. It's right. also like, um, maybe you're living in a household, and, and they're not allowing it because right. it's an abusive home right. and you can't get the questions you need no. send us a message we're never going to out you we're never going to you know everything is anonymous so we want you to feel completely comfortable when you send this to the show and and you can listen to the show and and get your answer discreetly you know yeah. absolutely and just know that you know the one good thing i love about the pandemic is i'm telehealth I'm strictly telehealth, and most insurance companies were not covering this before. They were not. We talked about not. that, too. Yeah, they did. And how I, you know, I can reach people that don't have transportation. They don't yeah. have cars. They don't have that outlet to be able to do it, so they can call me on the phone. Yeah. We can do Zoom. And, you know, there are specific things that I'm like, we have to do Zoom. Yeah, there yeah. are certain things that I'm like, EMDR, I can't do. I probably could. If I, I could figure it out, yeah. but to do it on Zoom or to do it on the phone, that's not something that is a face-to-face -face thing. Yeah. You know, and there's therapist, my best friend, she loves doing face-to-face -face therapy. She can't stand the Zoom and the telehealth. That That's not her jam. Right. I love it because I'm reaching so many people. And when you're talking to a therapist, in all actuality, you know, reach out. Get that help. If it's on the phone, it's on the phone. You know, people keep telling me, well, you, I can't connect with somebody. I can't connect with somebody. Right, right, right. You, I have no, I, I don't know. Maybe it's my person. I don't know, but I can connect very quickly with people. So my thing is, is then it's not the right therapist. Yeah. Because I, I should be able to connect with you just by listening to you, mm -hmm. by talking mm -hmm. with you. If we're not connecting, and that's why I tell people, like I said, counselors are like shoes. If you don't, if it's not a good fit, get a new one. Good. It's not about me. It's about you. Exactly. And it doesn't matter what their background is or what school they went to or anything. Honestly, like I didn't know any of your background. I right. just knew that I needed to get help. And and I found you and, and decided to give it a try and it just so happened that it worked, you know, it was the right fit for me. But when I, when my parents divorced and my mom put us, uh, we had to go to a therapist, that therapist, my idea of a therapist was this woman in a business suit and business aspect, business mindset, sitting there 
like judging me. That's mm-hmm. what I felt like. They were just listening and, and writing little things down, weren't responding. And, and that's what off put me to it. And if that's your experience with a therapist, I don't want you to take this and say, well, you know, I don't like therapy because of that. You know, give it another try. Find another therapist and, and continue to find one. that different, different yeah. way. I'm not, and I tell her, I'm not everybody's cup of tea. Some people are like, mm-mm, girl, I can't handle you. I'm a hand flailer. <laughs> I talk with my hands. Right. A lot of people that have sensory issues can't handle that. Mm. I've tried to sat, sit on my hands. I feel like I can't talk when I do. Right, right, right. You know, so it's like I'm not everybody's cup of tea, and that's okay. And insurance companies will pay for until you get the difference because the right they would therapy. rather have you do the assessments, find out that it's not a good fit, and then try somebody else so that you can get the help you need. That's the one thing. I'm glad insurance companies are picking this up now because that just, I mean, that opens the door for They're so finally releasing the stigma around it is what I feel like is yeah. because it, it, why didn't you guys want to back this before? But now that you see that there's other issues... You know, and, and and we didn't talk about addiction either. That's another right. one we didn't talk about um, in detail. But you know, it's just give it a try. Don't don't be scared of it. Don't be worried that your friends are going to judge you mm-hmm. or your family's going to judge you because I got judgment from all around, especially after going to therapy. And I wasn't telling everybody that I was magically cured, but right. I did have new perspectives on things, and I was told. Um, I'm not going to out them, but uh, I was told, well, now, now that you've been to therapy, you think you just know everything, you know, and, and that hurt my feelings because I'm like, it's not. I just want to help, you know, I but just want to help you. But you also have a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Like when you go to therapy, mm-hmm. you're finding different perspectives. I will always say I don't like giving advice. I don't give advice. I give my friends advice because you're my friend. Right. As a therapist, I'm going to give you different perspectives. It is up to you to figure out which perspective is going to work for you. Which healthy alternative are you going to use to get where you need to be? To fix your shit. And if you are hanging out with unhealthy people that haven't noticed their own stuff and haven't owned their stuff, they're going to say mean things. They're going to be like, oh, what do you think? You're all that bag of chips? Absolutely, I do. Mm -hmm. Because guess what? I feel better. So, yeah, I kind of know something now. So you might want to try it, too. Right. But when people are unhealthy and they're around healthy people, they They tend— They feel threatened. They do. And it's because you're making me feel my stuff. I don't want to deal with my stuff, Mm -hmm. so I'm going to throw it on you and make you feel bad for being healthy. Mm-hmm. I mean, that goes with anything. You girl, know? you don't know how many times I have to deal with that in life, girl. I'd be like, <laughs> I'm over here trying to grow, do better, create new boundaries. And I think that's the weirdest thing is like, you know, you create a boundary and then you grow into a new or a better understanding of something. And then you try to create a new boundary and people lose their mind. Like, so we just supposed to be the same our whole life? I'm supposed to be doing the same boundaries and things that I did at 24, at 34? No, it, it don't make sense. And, well, mm-hmm. and I mean, I have, it's so funny, my best friend keeps telling me I need to write a book because I have all these different analogies. And my thing is, is we're, life, we're not supposed to, am I supposed to stay stagnant? I'm supposed to stay the same person I was at 15 years old no. when I'm 40? Absolutely not. I've had too much life experience between now and then. And I've changed a little. Mm -hmm. Do I still have the same core? Absolutely. But I'm going to change. I'm evolving because we're not meant to stay the same. We all do. And the people that resist it are the ones that have it the hardest because they don't want that change to happen. And until you recognize it. it might not be they don't want it. They either don't know that they need to change it or they're comfortable 
in that chaos because they're not ready to do something about it. Yeah. You okay, that's I mean? fair. That's because fair. if you if you're like, oh, mm, she ain't gonna be doing her stuff, right? She might not know that she needs to do her stuff because in her head, it's still everybody else is the problem. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's not. Oh, I have to fix some stuff with myself. And I practice what I preach. I'm still working on my stuff. I still have some anger issues. I still got my own stuff going right, on. Right, right. You know, so I'm like, I practice what I preach. And it's like, if you can get somebody and say to them, you know what? I love you for who you are. You are a good person. Right now I'm working on me. And if I hurt you in the process, I'm sorry for that. But I have to work on me. That means self-care. That means I have to work on myself. So I need to let you know that during this, I might not be that friend that you need at that time because I'm working on me. Right. So because I get that a lot. Oh, you weren't there for me when I needed you. Well, wait a minute. I have to work on me, too. Mm-hmm. I'm not just, you know, here for everybody else. Mm-hmm. I have to work on me, too. So it's recognizing that you're right. With boundaries, you're going to have to keep mowing the grass. You're yeah. going to have to keep making those boundaries because people that aren't on that same level, that aren't growing, they're staying stagnant and they're mad. Mm-hmm. They don't know it. Like, there's this internal anger of, like, well, why is everybody else, why are you changing? Like, you know. <laughs> I, I wish y'all could have just seen this because it was the perfect epitome of like that moment of like, oh my god, like it was the perfect just, oh my god, oh my god. like y'all, I wish I could have seen that. That was crazy. But I mean, you know, but it's 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 it's, it's so crazy because it's just like I think we all have gone through this at some point in time where we've outgrown. A person Absolutely. or a situation or a job, whatever, and everybody looks at you like you're the bad guy because you're trying to progress. You're mm-hmm. trying to get to something new or you're trying to be something new because it's what's better for you. And you know what's sad about that? We should be cheering each other on. We should be. And it's just the people don't, some people don't want to see you grow and they're not growing. That's what that's. Well, because you're making them, when, when I'm in a good space, if you're not in a good space, I'm going to make you see that I'm in a good space because I'm in a good space. Yeah. And you're going to be like, bitch, it's in a good space. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's going to trigger something in you because you're not there. Mm-hmm. So then misery loves company. It really is a true saying. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put you down so that I feel better because you ain't, you ain't all that. You, you ain't that better than me. You ain't right. that It's just like, well. So it's like, look, we're all trying. That's the thing. It's life. It's a journey. You know, I love my friends. My friends can come to me anytime. But I have a day that I shut down. Don't talk to me. I don't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> I've worked right. four 11-hour days. I don't want to talk to anybody on my friend. I want to do my go to the laundromat, do my laundry, sit there. Watch. There's an old lady that does yoga. Like, it's great. <laughs> oh, my God. I want to do yoga. I'm going to end up going and doing yoga she with her. She does yoga at the laundromat? Yes. I want to go and do it with her. But she farts, so oh, <laughs> sorry, it's too much overshare. But she not now. She, she do it yeah, by herself. Yeah, but like you know, I want to get my stuff done so that I can feel productive in my life, mm-hmm. and then I'll have Saturday and Sunday to enjoy myself, figure out who I want to hang out with, and I I tell people I don't make plans because none of my plans ever go as according to plan ever. Yeah, nothing I've ever done has ever gone according to plan. 
I was only supposed to be in Texas for a year. I've been here six. So clearly... <laughs> that plan's a little outdated, right? but, you know, we're working right? on it. We're working on so, it. So, but I mean, it's like you learn, and that's the thing. It's like, I'm so proud of Ambrose for where he's come, you know, and it's like, as a therapist... I can appreciate what he's doing. Now, ethically, like, I can't have a dual relationship. Like, I'm not going to come over, hang out, and, right, you know, right, spend right. nights and sing kumbaya, but I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be there because, like, there's that professional level of my ethics say, you, I can't go out drinking with Ambrose. Right. Like, I'm, you know, he's, 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 because, how can I say this? I have an upper hand in knowing about his mental health. Mm-hmm. So it's a conflict of interest, right? As a substance abuse therapist, uh, their ethic states like I think it's after two or three years you can have a dual relationship with people. Every single ethic has their own little whatever like stipulation, right? And so my thing is, is like, look, if you can exceed, if I can put a seed in your brain that has you thinking. Do I want to stay in this position? Do I want to stay this miserable? Do I want to change? Because change is so hard for anybody. It's tough. And it's like, I have problems with change. So I, but I'm also one that I have shaped my snow globe and <laughs> we'll talk about that another time. But like, and I make a plan and I execute it. That's, yeah. But I know that plans don't always go according to what they're supposed to be. That's fair. That's fair. So it's recognizing, but that's all part of my self care is giving myself that leeway of being like, you know what? I am not out of Texas. It's been six years. <laughs> right, right. I ain't out of Texas. I'm not going to beat myself up by it. I was supposed to be in California three years ago. <laughs> so it's learning, but it's all a journey. And that's the thing. And it's like when people are healthy and they're on their journey, you learn, you grow. I learn every day from my clients. Mm-hmm. I learn things. I'm like, I didn't know that. Right, right, right. Oh, my God. You know, and so you learn. And so I used to used to joke around and say my DSM was my Bible. And I had one guy say to me one day, he's like, Amy, girl, I'm not religious. So every time you say that, it, there's something in me. Like, ah. I don't want to come back. And I'm like, oh, I didn't recognize that that could be triggering to somebody. Yeah. So I learned something new that day. So it's like we learn all the time. We learn from our partners. We learn from our friends. It's all a matter in what our perspective is. Because mm-hmm. I can look at today and be like, my God, it was so windy. I kept going off the road. You know what? I can be like, this This day sucks. Or mm-hmm. I can look at it as, you know what? I got to see a different part of downtown Dallas that I hadn't seen before because I took a wrong turn. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, like, right. It's, it's all in your perspective. perspective. And it doesn't mean it has to be puppies and rainbows. Mm-hmm. I mean, I dropped my coffee. I'm going to be a little mad. I dropped my coffee, you know, so it's all in how we take care of ourselves and how we look at it in perspective. So I know we have to wrap it up because yeah. <laughs> like yeah, we can no, talk this about good, this though. all day. Yeah, we can talk about it all day. So we're gonna end with our, our little icebreaker that we always do. We ain't broke the ice we yet. We haven't done it yet, but um, <laughs> we broke the ice, but all right. just just a Get out of this mindset, this talk that we're in. So basically, this is a collection of questions for a deeper discussion. And I'm going to ask you your question. Okay. And this is random. We didn't. Uh Uh-huh. I'm waiting. (laughs) Oh, no. Okay. What's one thing your exes probably miss about you? I'm actually a pretty good girlfriend. And so I think most of it is the friendship. Friendship. Yeah. Because I I stayed friends with a lot of my exes. There's some... uh, but most, of them, <laughs> but most 
most of them I've stayed friends with. And, you know, they've actually, I've actually talked to some later on that were like, I'm so sorry that I was such an idiot, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And I've even apologized, like, dude, I'm sorry. Like, I was not in the best mental state when we were together. Yeah. You know, and it's, but I've maintained friendships because, well, when you're from small communities, it's hard not to. Right, right, right. So I've, you know, with some of my exes, I've stayed friends with, distance. Like, I'm not going to call you up every day and chit-chat. That's but, yeah. Right. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, that's, that's nice. Good. I would that's say good. my friendship. I don't know what they would say, but... <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Okay, I'm going to ask Marlon his question. Oh, man. Uh-oh. Oh, shit. <laughs> if a museum had an exhibit about you, what items would they put on display? <laughs> uh, I can answer that for you. I mean, they would definitely probably put stuff up about, like, the reality TV. They would mm-hmm. definitely put stuff up about football. They would definitely put stuff up about, like, my music. I think they would put stuff up about, like, uh, my relation to, like, black empowerment and black, like, uh, influential, like, figures. And just, like, my, I guess, my sense of writing the record straight for history to give black people their rightful place in how impactful we've been um, really all throughout history, but in a way that, you know, I try to take the time to put that information out there because a lot of black men look up to me. A lot of black people in general look to me for certain aspects of knowledge and history just because they know that I try to give this non-biased, truthful version. So I think it would be kind of a smorgasbord of of. So it'd be a big exhibit, is what he's saying. Right. It's, right. A whole, it's the whole museum right. at this he's point. Take that whole top floor. <laughs> it may not be big, you know. I might have like a little corner office. They'd be like, "This is all he did right here." Like, you know, but those are things that people know me for throughout life those are and that's good because you know there's not a lot of people you know some people can't say that about their mm-hmm. life right now so that may absolutely give you, ask that question to yourself and see if you would like the outcome of your museum i don't know mm-hmm. all right there's a whole oh my god i got so much i could say on this like ooh, i gotta, <laughs> I I gotta <laughs> shut my mouth i'm right, right, gonna be here another three hours uh, no. again again uh, <laughs> this ain't gonna work for you. I love the I love the look. You're just like, mm-mm. <clears throat> this Sorry, ain't gonna I work for you. I, I can answer this question for you. Okay. I could answer yours, ask it. Whatever. <clears throat> no, this just cause okay, from the last seven days, what is one moment worth remembering? Okay, so when I got sick, um I got sick the day after Christmas and uh, didn't know what it was. Turned out, you know, it could have been COVID. I don't know. I got my test when I was almost better, so I don't know. But one thing that I can always remember is that I, I wanted to, to, I was praying every day. I prayed every day and said, ask God to heal me. Ask God not to let this go too far to where it can't, I can't come back from it, you know, because that's what I was scared of the most. So having that, you know. I thought you were going to say today because I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) The last seven days. Uh You came today, I'll say it. (laughs) But no, just being grateful that I got healthy too, you know. Mm -hmm. I prayed every day and that was the one thing that I remember the most is that I'm praying. I'm praying for me. I'm praying for, you know, my husband to get better. Um, praying for all my friends to get better. That was honestly my main thing. I just was grateful for for being able to come out of it because a lot of people don't. Mm-hmm. And, and this was supposed to be like a happy thing for us at the I end know. of the show, and it turned oh, right. sad. I'm sorry, guys, but um, we push our little button. 
<laughs> Sorry, guys, but but I think today was productive. I, the one thing about you know, I just feel like we touched on a lot of things that needed to be talked about from I think multiple perspectives, just to give people a better understanding on mental health. I think that we broke down a lot of the stigmas, um, especially you know, being a black male LGBTQ in America for us, you know, mental health has been very much, very much stigmatized and uh just to be able to be open and how just we also opened a door we opened the door we opened a new door uh, us three we opened a new door for people to come out that are scared to say anything to their family or friends and we're your outlet you know we're here to listen we're here to 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 give you the best advice we could Mm -hmm. and 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 i think if people know we mean well because you told about like things that you had to do with your own mental state and how being able to talk to someone has helped you. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You've talked about how it's, you know, people from completely different walks of Mm -hmm. life that we don't walk have been able to transform our life. You know, me just being able to talk about, like, different things, being able to analyze my own mental health and change things. So it's a place of, of comfort, you know, if you submit a question, if you have... You know something you're going through whatever the case may be like we really want to have this be something that opens the door for absolutely growth absolutely you know I mean? and i want i want to put this out there because um when i first came to texas one of the first people i saw he didn't want to talk to me because i was a white female and mm. he was a black older man and he said to me you wouldn't understand what i've been through in my life and didn't want to talk to me right and so i was helping him fill, refill out the paperwork so that he could get a different therapist and one of the things i said to him is like you know what you're right i wouldn't know what you've been through right but i do know what depression feels like i do know what trauma feels like i do know what anxiety feels like yeah and in that aspect, we're all the same. It's universal. Absolutely. So, you know, I've never done heroin. I've never done crack. I've never done those drugs. So right. I don't know what it's like to be addicted to those. But I believe everybody has an addiction, good or bad. Mm-hmm. And so it's learning, okay, if it's chemically changing you and you're using it as a way to, to, to escape, then we have to figure that out. Yeah. So you're right. I wouldn't know what it's like to come off of a methamphetamines. I would have no idea. But I do know what it's like when I used to get so addicted to working out that if I didn't go to the gym for three hours, uh-uh, I was devastated. Mm-hmm. So felt like you, you you let yourself down. I let myself down. I did something wrong. So, I mean, everybody, to me, it's like just because I haven't been in your shoes, the therapist has not been in your shoes. And that's what I get is, you know what? You wouldn't get me. You wouldn't understand. Well, I've never been male. I wouldn't understand what male problems are, but I can help you work through them because it's not my problems. Mm. So, you know, if you're out there thinking, you know, well, she's not going to understand or a therapist isn't going to understand. Statistically, there's more female therapists than there are male therapists. And sometimes people don't feel comfortable coming to a female therapist. It's hard with, especially with insurances, to find a male therapist that you will connect with. But sometimes that's what has to happen. Mm-hmm. I have, like, if you are a solid therapist, you're going to be like, you know what? That's okay. You go. You do what's best for you. Find your shoe that fits. Absolutely. You know, and it's it's looking at, you know, the questions of, you know, you know, like what, you know, I think I might have bipolar. What does that look like? 
you know, what does this look like? WebMD is awful. Wikipedia is awful. WebMD will have you thinking you're dying from a paper cut. Right. Don't do it. Uh, so, and it's like, uh, my thing is, is that I will read the DSM criteria. When I talk about trauma, I read the di- I will ask you the questions directly from the DSM. The DSM is what we diagnose from. And so what happens is, is I'll ask those questions and I will tell you you meet this of all the of the questions of the four questions here you met you said yes to all four this one you said yes to all two this one you said yes to all seven this one you said yes to three out of the five mm-hmm. so this would mean the criteria for post traumatic stress disorder and this is why i'm telling you because i want you to know you mm-hmm. i want you to be so self aware of what's going on mentally with you that you are able to pick up and figure things out got to and so mm-hmm. This is my thing. It's like, you know, if you guys get nothing else out of this, other than I'm amazing. No. <laughs> she is. She is. Very much so. It's knowing that you have, you know, that there are people out there that can help you, that do have the education. And my stress is, is that I love it when people are like, well, I've taken four courses. I know how to do therapy. And I love it because they're my clients and they're telling me, girl, they're like... Amy, I know I know what you're doing. I went, I took this class, and I'm like, I, I got years of training. We have to do consistent and experience training. experience on yeah. top of that. So, so right. I'm like, all right, well, you and your class, how's it working for you? Right. Because you're here. Right. So let's figure out different ways. And it's basically, it's just a barrier, you know? And so it's trying to look at all your barriers. What is making it so that you're not going? Is it the stigma of mental health? It is. It takes strength to be vulnerable. Say that again, girl. Yeah, and it's so hard. It takes a strong person to admit, I need help and I can't do it alone. Yeah. And to me, if you are in that place where you're like, no, it's weak. Going to talk to somebody's weak. It's a lie. It it is one of the things that your brain will tell you because that's what we're taught. Mm -hmm. It is, it takes strength to be vulnerable. And if you need the help, call uh, two one one, I think it is here. I don't know. Everything's everywhere is different. It's different everywhere. Number. I think it is But like, there's though. crisis numbers out there. There's hotlines. There's you can go on to Psychology Today. You put in your zip code. You put in what insurance you have, and it will give you a list of therapists. They mm. might not be all active because that thing only updates every six months, but it's an outlet. It's a way to go. And so many people are doing telehealth now. You don't have to go into an office. I have people that are working and they take their lunch break and talk to me. So, I mean, there's so many outlets that you can do. So please, if you are having any trouble and you really need help, please reach out to somebody. Definitely reach out. And we're going to have her back, um, you know, we're going to do this monthly. And I think every month, because there's so much that we can talk about, we're going to do a series like we did now where it's just like a three part series. Um, and maybe we'll answer questions in each series of the talk. Um, Maybe so, we can do call-ins next time. <clears throat> yeah, we, we can even, you know, we'll, do a we'll call-in. If you want to call in during the next show, um, you know, we'll, we'll put up a, a Instagram letting you know when the show is going to be recorded. And if you you want to call in and you want to talk, let us know and, and send us your number. Let us know when you're available. Uh, we are in Texas on Central Time. So we'll see you guys next time. Thank you very much, Amy, for, you for, for doing me. this again. And we hope this brings everybody some peace of mind. All right, guys. Well, that's God Squids. We are out and uh, stay healthy.